0: On and listen to Crazy Train radio. What up?
1: Excuse me while I whip this out. Oh no! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time.
2: I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. And good evening friend. with over 30 years of experience and a superb reputation for being a detail oriented company Lacey cleaning has some of the highest work standards in the cleaning business that's the fact Jeff. Yeah. whether it's carpet cleaning tile grout cleaning new construction cleanup rental turnovers vent and duct cleaning odor elimination office and or business cleaning power washing residential cleaning you name it they do it Ah, check them out to contact them today lacycleaning at gmail.com or call them at 609-709-8536 and that's what i'm talking about Are you annoyingly
0: even keel? E-methamine could be right for you! I have a disease, alright? I need help! E-methamine lets you get gagged up on whoop chicken parts without yellowing one's teeth. Oh yeah! Contact your doctor today if you experience the following...
2: Oh my god!
0: Increases in blood flow, boost in testosterone, ending of erectile dysfunction... This medicine is made for extreme cases of being even keel or having extreme depression. Oh, come on! Side effects include fits of rage, acne, bleeding in folks around you, whooping cough, hallucinations, comas, trouble swallowing, decrease in semen, increasing amounts of selling yourself, amnesia, night terrors, higher mortgage rates, and increased sensations in not having suicidal urges.
2: Oh my.
1: good old J.R. jim ross the author of slobber and you're listening to crazy train radio
2: damn right you are
3: happy to have this man on the phone right now. His new book with Triumph Books is Mr. Met, How a Sports Mad Kid from Jersey Became a Life Family for Generations of Big Leaders. The author, Jay Horowitz. Jay, how you doing, sir?
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time.
3: Oh, absolutely. Well, for those not familiar with Jay and his work, he has actually been with the Mets organization for over 40 years, he's transitioned to running the alumni relations but was the PR guy for over four decades, and his book here has tons of stories. So my first question for you would be, why now to write a book?
1: Well, a couple of reasons. You know, I'm, I'm going to be 75 in August, um, near the end of my career, you know, and I've always, you know, consider myself to have a good sense of humor. Always let myself be the butt of jokes. A lot of by-play with the players, and and I also I wanted to write a tribute to one of a, a, a person, Shannon Ford, who worked for me for over 20 years, and she died of breast cancer a couple of years ago. So I wanted to write a tribute to her. So just to kind of a feel-good book, you know, a lot of memories, and hopefully bring a smile to some Mets fans, and uh, a lot of good memories and all we'll, that. You know, from Joe Torrey to Dwight Gooden to Mookie to you name it. I just – maybe my fans get a kick out of my interactions with the players through the years.
3: Well, one of probably one of my favorite stories that I saw in the book that I got a chuckle out of but was a little bit serious at the same time was Turk Wendell in terms of a hunting trip while he was with the organization. How did that yeah. involve you?
1: Well, I got a call from his the then wife, Barbara, that uh, – uh, I need your help, Jay, that this was like in February before 2000, maybe late January, that, that you couldn't find Turk, and Turk was missing, and that day he didn't have a, a cell phone. So we called the police, and it was in the mountains of Denver, we tried to get a hold of him we called some people, and what happened was, you know, uh, Turk lost his way a little bit, came back the next day, and, uh, you know, when, we, when he reported for spring training that year, it was naturally... Subject of a lot of kidding, you know, like roadmaps on his blocker. So, Turk got a little lost and no one knew how to get a hold of him. So, God forbid, you know, Turk was a hunter back then, so we we knew where he was. So, for a day or so, we had everybody in the Denver area looking for him, and thankfully he showed up.
3: Well, yes, thankfully he showed up. But obviously, there's been plenty of stories over your uh, four decades with the organization. But Would you say, and I I should put it this way, as we spoke yesterday with Eric Sherman, the author, and had nothing but nice things to say about you, but he
1: brought up a good good. point.
3: Yes, yes, absolutely. And one of the points he brought up when we were discussing you, I brought it up on the air, is that he said you had the relationship that you had not only with the office – but also the players over the years. Uh, what would you say is the biggest difference in terms of uh, the, having those relationships and being a good middleman, so to say?
1: Well, the thing is is credibility. You know, and, and there are really three sets of masters we have. And the number one master is the, is the front office. They've hired you. Uh, that is the players and the uh, and the media. And the, the, the players think you're partial to the media, and the media thinks you're partial to the players. And sometimes the front office thinks you're, you're partial to both. You just have to uh, establish a level of trust. Let them know, you know, you know. I'm a, I've been an organizational man my whole life. I, I bleed orange and blue. And it's, it's, it's trust and credibility in my, in my position, especially in a job like New York, where there's so much media. You can't lie. Once you lie or, or or think about something, you get you get caught. Your credibility is done, and you really it's your your job is really after window. So my 40 years. I try to let them, all the three facets of my job know that I can be trusted. I can be trusted with secrets. I'm not going to leak stuff. The players know that they come to me with stuff. I have their bench interests at heart, and just really a, a, a establishing a level of trust that, pe- that people, more facets of the job, can trust you and believe in you.
3: Well, now your role has changed with the organization, and you have a role with the Alumni Relations Department. Which right. Is, from what I understand is a newer thing within the Mets organization. How has your role changed to what you do now?
1: Well, you know, Jeff Wilpon, the owner of the Mets, came to me in the, in the summer of 2018. He asked me if I wanted to tra- transition over to be head of the alumni, because we really hadn't done much with the alumni through the years. And the following year, which would have been six, in, uh, next last year, it was the 50th anniversary of the 69 team, and honestly, I wasn't really thrilled about making a change because I, I loved the camaraderie in the locker room. I loved the travel. I loved the friendships, you know, but more and more I thought about, you know what, I, I just started a whole new thing. I knew most of these guys, and, you know, I, I really just think we've done some great things that, you know, brought some people back to the Mets family. I'll give you one prime example. Holby Landrick was the number one draft pick of the Mets in 1961. When I called him a couple of months ago, uh, Holby said to me, "I'm the first person from the organization is in fifty years." So we've, you know, working with guys like Ed R Art Chamsky, you know, Jerry Kuzman, Doc Good, Dallas Strawberry, you know, Jay Payton, guys I've worked with all all you know, my years here,
3: It's just letting mm-hmm.
1: know basically that the organization gives a darn and we, we care about them, and really, you know, it's been very satisfying.
3: Definitely for sure, but. Again, you've done so much over your time uh, and dealt with so many, uh, I would say, a cast of characters throughout the years. Would you say yep, yep. Mike Piazza would be, the, like, the standard bearer when you think of the Mets organization just because of what he did with, like, 9-11 and such and being the face of the team?
1: Yeah, Mike was great in, in everything. But for me, Mike, the guy I would go back to was John Franco. Uh, yeah, John um, – was a you know was spent over you know 50 years. He got all fast as <laughs> everything. He uh you know he you know he he, he was a great with the, with the charities. His father was a sanitation worker in New York. He and Mike and all the other guys were leaders in our stuff in 911. He was a great practical joker. Uh, he got everything. I mean, I could have written a whole book about all the jokes that uh, Johnny Franco played on me. I'll give you one example. We're in. Los Angeles at the old Biltmore Hotel. Johnny had the idea. He got a horse in from the lobby, unscrewed it, uh, went up to my room, got put the lights out my room, put the horse in under my pillows, put ketchup on my on my pillowcase. When I walked into the room, I said I had a dead horse, uh, you know, on my bed. He got you know, to other things through the years. He, you know, put the eye black on my binoculars, put uh, uh, ice cream sandwiches in my suit pockets, put dead rats in my in my work bag. He made me comfortable. He made me that I was part of the fabric of the team. Johnny, you tell me, that the guys don't like you, they won't mess with you. So I guess they must have liked me a little bit because they mess with me a lot.
3: Well, the one last question I want to ask about anyway is, and I yep. found this interesting, was your trips to Japan. And obviously right. Japan has been known for having a very unique tradition with the sport of baseball. But what was your take in terms of taking the MLB over there the few times you've been over there?
1: Well, I actually went there twice. I went with the MLB team in 1995. I had a pretty interesting team. I had Barry Bonds, uh, um, Barry Bonds, uh, Alex Rodriguez, to name a few. And we went over there with the Mets in 2000. Uh, and, you know, they have a thing there in Japan. The media can't go in the locker room, so the players have to go out to the uh, – to dug dugout the talk, and the was really free of media. Just the fans are crazy. They bagged stuff during the game, and they, and they were going uh, into the games. It was really exciting. I got to ride the board train when I was there and experience you know, Kobe beef and all the restaurants, the great jewelry shops. And, you know, last time, you know, Bobby was the manager. Bobby has a great history manager in Japan. He took me to a lot of uh, – Good restaurants, and uh, it was a really, really good cultural experience for us. And uh, you know, the 2000 trip really got us kicked off on our nationally that year. And the last game we were there, you know, Benny Agbayani hit a grand slam home run and t- attempted to give us a win. So it was a good, great trip. I-
2: you can get the book, uh, Mr. Met, through Triumph Books, Amazon com, Barnes & Noble, all the usual suspects when you purchase your books. Jay, meet thank you so much Mets, for the time.
1: Meet the Mets. Step right up and greet the Mets. Bring your kitties, bring your wife. Guaranteed you have the time of your life because the Mets are really sucking the ball.
0: Wow! Thinking your day is bad and really looking to make it worse? Why not try downloading this new classic set of music that will be dropping so far off the charts, there's bound to be injuries. Now that's what I call depressing. It's gonna make those who are even close to having the slightest glimmer of hope want to jump off the highest of planks. For those that are getting Now That's What I Call Depressing, you'll be getting that song that reminds you of that relationship with those cougars ladies for those who weren't really into cougars but those who had that special friend whilst in cell block 2b we got for you this clusterfuck that will put you in therapy for years to come with cheeks wide open writes this shit. Oh hell, we're still recording this commercial. Always with you, it cannot be done. Those that'd rather have it out than in. This loaded hit will be dropping soon, Farthing in the USA. For those who place their order, by calling, or ordering online, the next hundred folks will receive their choice of either a noose of good quality that won't snap, An installation of a new outlet next to your bathtub so you can now blow dry your hair in the full tub. Or the choice of the right gang to just beat the fuck out of you. Call us today at 1-800-FUCK-THIS.
2: Not all football helmets are created equal. Zenith, the industry leader in protective technology, is the only helmet in the game with adaptive head protection featuring a shock suspension system that can move independently from the helmet shell. Headquartered and developed in Detroit, Zenith is committed to player safety and revolutionary innovation. Zenith is proud to protect athletes at every level from Pee Wee to the pros. Learn more about the Zenith difference at Zenith.com. That's X-E-N-I-T-H dot com. Hi, this is Jamie Moyer and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio.